What a moment. What a moment for Taylor Davis. First major league home run. Show and go with Taylor Davis. Today is Tuesday, April 4th, and we're going with a pretty different structure. Usually we go in with like one idea in mind and we see wherever God takes us in the conversation. But now um, I've got like 40 names for you and they're all breakout candidates. And I'm going to get a yes or no and why from Taylor. This will be really interesting. But first, you're not in Bradenton right now. You've got a little break. Is there not extended spring training right now? Like what's your calendar looking like right now? That it, you you nailed it on the head. So all the minor league affiliates are heading out. So they gave all the extended guys like a little break. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so the extended guys are at home. Uh, I get a couple days at home. Like most of the coaching staff gets a couple days at home. Uh, and then we'll go right into extended next week. So, uh, and then straight from extended to to the uh, FCL. So, okay. um, yeah, a couple days at home is always nice. Love it, except man. for. Travel day. How about this? Welcome back. I, I think we talked about my travel day to Bradenton. I don't know if we did, but it was crazy. My travel day home was even crazier. Leave Bradenton or leave Sarasota. My flight was at 615. Yeah. Get in the air. We get to Baltimore. Don't land, but we get to the vicinity and they go, hey, we can't land in Baltimore. We're going to circle. We circled until we ran out of gas and then we went to Raleigh, Durham. We got to Raleigh at like 11.15. Everything, like literally the lady gets on and goes, you guys can jump off the plane, but just know everything is closed in the airport and there are no food vending machines. So only drinks. So we sat there for a little over an hour, get to Baltimore, uh, did not uh, make my connector, obviously. Yeah. And the worst part was I ended up getting like, put on a 10.30 p.m. the next day flight. Oh. Thankfully, I hit an, a standby. I didn't even, like, wasn't even on standby. I just walked by this gate that was going to Louisville at 8.55 a.m. I'm like, hey, do you have any seats? And she was like, really? There's a bunch of people on standby. Like, if you want, I can put you on standby. And I asked her about another flight, and she goes, oh, it actually looks like I can give you a, flight on the, a seat on this ticket, or a seat on this flight. So... I got home at like 1030, but I had a nice nap in Baltimore. Dude. All right. So you were in RDU for an hour. I love Raleigh-Durham. I think that's one of the, the most underrated airports in America. And you were probably there a lot going to Durham, right? Not a lot. No. no. Have you never no, been to I, Durham? We bust. we bust. Damn. When I went, so when I went, when I went, the only time I ever played in Durham was with Norfolk in 2021. And it was COVID still, like COVID rules, so we weren't flying anywhere. Yeah. But uh, that was, if if anybody remembers, that was when Tyler Zombro got hit in the head. That was that series. Were you there? I was there. I've been there for two. I was there for that one. And I was in Iowa when Ponce de Leon for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them were, at the time, they're, uh, they were both backup catchers. Obviously, Victor Caratini is, is a major leaguer now, but uh, – Victor was playing behind Wilson at the time and and um, hit a line drive up the middle. Man, that was those are two incredibly scary situations. I would never pitch again. No way I'm stepping on a field again. No shot, man. And that Tyler Zombro thing, I I don't recommend anybody watches the video, but it was a 104 mile an hour comebacker that that got him in the head. And I mean that was 
as scary a situation as I've seen in professional baseball, like regardless of video in person ever. Uh, and he returned to the mound. Well, I mean, he yeah. was done for the entirety of that year, but he returned to the mound end of April, 2022. That is like, yeah, you know as, I mean, as good a comeback story as like we've got in recent history. Do you know who he faced? Who hit Norfolk. him? His first game back was against Norfolk. How do you do that? Dude, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I would just say, fuck it. Save me till next week. Please, God. Are you? Yeah. What? Dude. Yeah, no way. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, no, man, but that was that was a that was a crazy cool return. And I saw it. Tampa just released him and he put out a great note on Twitter, you know, thanking them for for that opportunity to like have him make his bounce back. So um really incredibly crazy. intelligent. He's basically a running tread. Uh, really? He's yeah, he's a huge piece in Tread Athletics. So anybody who follows them, he's got a big, big play in that. Um, he was really well known in the Tampa system as being a guy that was kind of like next up um, on on that side of the game. So, gotcha. uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people are really excited to learn from him. And I've heard unbelievable things uh, from people that have already seen him. Before we get into the breakouts, um, I do want to ask you a question and like almost run a theory by you about what we saw this past weekend in Major League Baseball's, you know, opening first couple of games. And then we saw it in, in AAA's opening first couple of games as well, because, you know, Grayson struggled with command with the Orioles in his Norfolk uh, 2023 debut. Taj Bradley in the same game struggled with command. We saw Luis Ortiz struggle with command. And then at the big league level, Jack Flaherty walks seven. Sandy walks four. Lance Lynn walks four. Merrill Kelly walks four. There were so many guys that had crooked numbers in the base on balls department that you never expect it from. My theory is it's the pitch clock and things can snowball on them a little bit. Like if you're out of rhythm, it's harder to slam the reset button with that pitch clock because you are on the clock. You can't really take that lap and decompress in through the nose, out through the mouth. What other theory could I be missing as to why we saw that many free passes issued in the first weekend? Uh, I'd say that's a decent one. You know, I do think that pitch clock will have that effect on some guys. I think it'll have the opposite effect on some guys also, though. I think that some guys that had the tendency to walk around and think far too much – are now going to have to get right back on the mound, and it's actually going to help those guys. Uh, you know, I mean, the other thing is, you know, I think part of this game, the way that the game has been trending is pitching away from contact. So guys are guys are just, you know, guys are pitching away from contact. Um, did Lance pitch in the Classic? He did. So that was an interesting point because Lynn walked four, Lazardo walked four, um, Merrill Kelly walked four. All three of those guys Sandy. pitched in the Classic. And Sandy. And Sandy. And I, I, yeah, I'd say that played a role in it too. Um, obviously, you know, the Grayson and, and Taj. Grayson, I'll tell you this. Like, I, I've always thought that, like, guys that, that come back down from the big leagues, Grayson didn't come back down from the big leagues, but kind of did. Like, he was expected to be on that team. Yeah. Um, I've always felt like guys that come back from the big leagues always struggle throwing strikes for some reason. It's a very odd deal. I've never understood it. Guys that like are pitching really well in AAA, they go up to the big leagues, and for some reason, when you come back, like it, it may be just an odd couple of days, like you're not used to flying and pitching, and you're off your schedule, you're off your routine. I, I don't know if that was the case, but no, that's a decent that's a decent theory, though. I mean, for sure, I think the pitch clock probably had a role in some of that. That's uh, no an, doubt. 
Yeah, that's an interesting point about guys struggling to find the zone when they come back down or maybe when they're not expecting to be in triple and they do pitch in triple because, you know, the, the conversation about command issues when you go up is a tried and true thing, right? You're a little nervous facing the best hitters on the planet. You want to nibble and nibbling isn't good for any pitcher ever. Do you think it's like a, you know, all these guys are are checked in, they're locked in when they're pitching at the AAA level, but maybe not to the intensity of a young guy at the major league level. Do you think it's almost that? Could play a role. I mean, it's, you know, some of those guys, it's your first time pitching with that kind of adrenaline. You know, I think that the adrenaline in the big leagues is so different than the adrenaline in AAA. So that definitely probably plays a role. You're so used to that. And then you get back on this mound and, you know, that's gone. You don't have that. You know, you hear that all the time from guys that even guys that go from big markets to small markets. Um, I played with a guy that went from a small market to a big market. And he talked about how in the small market, it was so difficult to get going. Yeah. Once he got to the big market, he was like, dude, this was this was where I needed to be my whole career. I'd have been a Hall of Famer had I been here because showing up every night was so much easier. Yeah. And I understand the desire to play in a big market, you know, like a a Garrett Cole, there are reasons beyond, you know, pitching in front of a sold out crowd every time, but you know, Cole was in Houston. He wanted to pitch for the Yankees though. You know what I mean? Like there's that pressure that is added there. I think some guys love the pressure and honestly that might make it all the more impressive. The guys that carve for very small markets And a guy like Shane McClanahan, yes, on a good team, but we know the size of crowds at Tropicana Field. They're not great. McClanahan dealing at the Trop is really impressive because you take him and you drop him in Fenway or Yankee Stadium as his home ballpark. I mean, that guy could be untouchable. He could be untouchable or he could be or he could be miserable. Yeah. And that's the that's the question mark, right? Is like, who is he as a person? And we don't know yet. Um, Now, what I'll say is that you play in the AL East quite a bit playing for Tampa still. So you get the opportunity to play in those big markets and kind of see how that is. But I do think, you know, we've talked about it. Like, I, I think that that playing in those big, big markets like like Boston, like Chicago, like New York, like L.A., it takes a special guy to do that, especially in New York. You know, I, like I said, I, I used to never give anything to that until I've been around some guys that have been there. And it's it's different. It's it really is. It's more than just playing baseball. Yeah. Like it's different. You know, we were talking on the Just Baseball show. It was a mortal lock that Marcus Stroman was going to be really good on opening day at Wrigley Field because it's opening day at Wrigley Field. That is as big of an environment as you can get during the regular season with the Cubs. And we see Stroman elevate his game on the World Baseball Classic stage, when he first got going in Toronto, he was really good when the Blue Jays were really good and they were selling out all those games and it was an intense atmosphere. So I, I totally hear you, man. I mean, some guys, it's just easier to elevate when the crowd helps you elevate. Yeah, and, and you know, you get that adrenaline, you get that pressure, and I think some guys lose everything else in their mind, right? Yeah. Like everything else just kind of goes away and it's pitching, right? right. Like all I've got is this crazy, amount of adrenaline which at the same point is why some guys cannot do that at all is because there are absolutely guys that need that you know we talked about uh offensively we talked about uh cal mitchell and kanan smith and jigba and how they had different uh approaches to the to the shot clock or well shit we'll call it the pitch clock i like the shot Uh, clock yeah yeah uh but you know the same can be said for pitchers there are plenty of kyle hendricks thinks on the mound uh, I'm going to guess that Edwin Diaz throws the ball as hard as he can. Mm-hmm. Taking nothing away from Edwin, 
But I'm just going to guess that he goes out there and he throws everything as good as he can. And those are two completely different mindsets that are going to react differently with stressors. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Kyle, Kyle's a, Kyle's a crazy bird, man. He's, he's just so lucky to, to be able to tone that down. He's the guy that's always even keeled, no matter what the, the situation is. So. Yeah, but I totally get that. All right. Breakouts. This is, this is going to be really interesting because, you know, we're going to go, I'm telling you, I've got a list of like 35, 40 guys. And instead of spending eight minutes on a Michael Harris, you know, we're going to be spending 30 seconds on a Michael Harris. And I literally just want yes or no. They elevate their game drastically and why. And if I have a follow-up, I'll ask it. If not, I'll move on. You in? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Let's try it. Let's start with Michael Harris, who obviously won the rookie of the year last year. Does he elevate his game substantially this year? Yes or no? I think the bigger question is, is there elevation? Yeah. Like, is that the peak? Uh, And that's taking nothing away from the kid. I'm just saying that production for that amount of time, if you do that over a full season, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You're you're a you're a perennial all-star. And you're the best player on a really good team. So I don't know that we see more. I would, I think we see a regression here. Um, okay. I think in the batting average, I don't think it's going to be significant, but I don't see it. What he hit like 315 or 320 last year? He hit like 298. It was, he was a 300 hitter last year. Yeah. I got, I got him going like 280 with, with 20 plus. Okay. I got him being like a tw- potentially a 2040 guy, 2030 guy. Playing Gold Glove center field, so like I see him being a, a, as valuable, uh, but no, I I don't see him doing more than he did last year. Okay, fair. How about Jazz? Jazz was obviously hurt by injury. Jazz Chisholm with the Miami Marlins. Um, does he live up to this prophecy of being on the cover of a video game? Is it the opposite of the the Madden curse? Um, yeah. I, I you know I kind of want to buy Chat Jazz. I I, I do. I kind of want to buy Jazz. As 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 showy and as as you know, um, I don't know whatever you want to say he is. He's flashy, <laughs> right? Flashy is the right word. Um, I like him moving to center field because I think you could potentially see a little more like fast twitch. Like you see him getting a little more power in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll buy. I'll buy Jazz. I'll buy Jazz. I think they're going to be okay. I think the Marlins are going to be okay. Yeah. Um. And and I yeah, I'll take Jazz. What do you think? Okay. Um. I think so. Like, I think if he's healthy over 162, the bat's gonna play, man. Like, I think we're looking at an 800 OPS guy. At the, I'm not gonna say at the right. very least because he could pump out a 700, but I think that we're looking right. at an 800 to 850 OPS guy. My big question is defensively, and like, I just don't know if that's gonna click because he's never played center. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a big question mark. Nerve wracking. Two more Marlins, real quick. Two arms. Jesus Lazardo, big step up. Yes or no? I don't think no. so. Why not? I don't think so. Big start on opening day. Um, I, I, uh, he's had he's had some sample size. Like we've seen some Jesus Lazardo in the big leagues, and and I buy sample size. And um, you know, I hope for his sake. I hope he does, but I I don't see him bringing a breakout guy. I you know. And I, you sent me this list, but like I see Yuri Perez being a bigger breakout over Jesus Lazardo. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, Lazardo is an interesting study because I mean he was a rookie 
in 2020, but I mean, this guy's walking three and a half guys per nine right now. He did struggle with command uh, in his start. You see the stuff. And I think the stuff is pretty undeniable. It's great. The question is, is he going to stay healthy? He's never started more than 18 games in a season. And is he going to be able to rein it in and command it? So I think you're leaning no. Um, I lean, I'm excited to watch. <laughs> I think that's my answer. Edward Cabrera, yes or no? I like Edward Cabrera. Um, it's an yeah. electric arm. I, I like that. I, I like, you know, he's a guy. I feel like he's the kind of arm that the Marlins have produced that has succeeded. Yeah. So um, I'm going to take it. Yeah, I, I like that as I like that as and but what I'll say is like I I, I don't want to say necessarily him, but if we're picking a breakout for the Marlins, I'm gonna take a pitcher over Jazz. Yes. Fair. Like I think Jazz stays what what do you he was like two fifty with fourteen when he was healthy last year. Yeah. Let's let's take that for a full season. I'd say he's maybe a little bit better than that. I think we see a breakout arm, whether it be Yuri Perez. Um, something like that. I, I think we see something on the pitching mound for the Marlins. Got you. Uh, two guys for Washington. Mackenzie Gore, my answer is a concrete yes. What is yours? Absolutely. I'm all in on Mackenzie Gore. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, pitching. I got nothing. I got nothing. Like, I, I, I'm in. I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a monster in the big leagues. I think 2021 was a year from hell for him, whether it was mental, physical. Nobody knows what happened in 21. We saw it front half of last year. I think that front half of last year is who Mackenzie Gore is when healthy. And I think he rolls with that. Kiebert Ruiz just signed a $50 million extension. How do you feel about Kiebert? Back to ball. I, I don't love the fact that there's no power there from a catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to talk about another guy on this list. I know we're going to talk about this kind of a similar profile, a more advanced profile, but similar. Um, I think he's a good player. Like, I don't see him becoming a star on that team. I sure. see Mackenzie Gore potentially being the number one for them at some point. And Mackenzie Gore went closer to home, too. Like, don't take that away from him. Being in Washington is closer to home for him. There's something to that. For sure. North Carolina, baby. All right. Alec Bohm got comfortable in Philly. I think a lot of people are expecting him to drastically uptick his production. What say you? Absolutely. I think he does. And I'll tell you this, too. Like, you know, I'm a big Kyle Schorber fan on the field and off the field. I think what I think the the statements that people make or, or you can infer about Schorber's leadership um, is is mostly true, man. That guy, that guy is a, a leader on and off the field. <clears throat> and what I think he does for Alec Bohm this year is he instills in him that he is now Reese Hoskins for that team. Wow! And he needs to be that production, and I think Alec does it. I think you saw last year. I think those veterans kind of stepped in and said, "Alec, you got to figure it out." Like you made that that statement, come out, own up to it, and then go play. And he did that. Um, I I think that I, I I'm buying the uptick in Alec Bohm. I, I am. I, I I've always liked Alec Bohm. Got you, man. Yeah, I think I'm buying it too. And that is a very interesting point that you make about you know them possibly asking him to elevate, and he does it because. That's probably an identical thing to what happened last year. He saw that and he's like, shit, I can do that again if they ask that of me. And they are. Um, all my yep. chips are in on Brendan Donovan. I love this guy. I think that he's the best super utility player in the game right now. He's had a great opening weekend. Uh, I think Donovan is as valuable to the Cardinals as a Newt Bar or a Carlson or an O'Neal. Uh, I, I think he's at the top of that list behind Arenado and Goldschmidt. <clears throat> 
how are you on uh, on Brendan Donovan? I think that Brendan Donovan has a has like you know those teams in the in the tournament that have like you go at the very beginning and you're like all right Kentucky has got they're playing the easiest possible schedule to get to the championship game. Yeah. Brendan Donovan has the best lineup around him. Yes. He has to do absolutely nothing. He has no pressure. He can go out and have fun every single day, and they're probably going to freaking win because they're that good. Yes. So, for that sake, I will take Brendan Donovan. So I, I think he... Yeah, you think I mean, he's dangerous because he has none of that pressure. It's the opposite of Alec Bohm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like, he doesn't have to be that guy in that lineup. And, like, Alec Bohm doesn't have to be that guy either. No. It's a... It's a He's the fourth guy in that lineup, right? Like Brendan Donovan is the seventh guy in that lineup. Yeah. Like, and I think the easier part for for Donovan is that he doesn't have to go hit homers to to make up for it. He's got to hit a single and steal second. He's got to walk like he did last year and play a sick defense. Um, there's, I, I think he's one of those, maybe more so than anybody on this list, that I'll take his floor um, to be the highest. Got you. What about his teammate that just debuted on opening day, Jordan Walker? I guess the question is, what does Jordan Walker's rookie season look like? I hope for Jordan Walker, Jordan Walker's in the big leagues the whole season. Um, I'm, I've, I told you this on the previous one. I'm not sold that he's had enough. Uh, he's had enough in the minor leagues. I'm not the executive that makes that decision, thankfully for him. So, mm-hmm. But, you know, I do think there's something to be said about getting your at-bats in the minor leagues. Obviously, Von Grissom didn't feel that way last year when he raked, but you saw what happened at the end of the year. At the end of the year, he got exposed. So I think that's kind of the question mark here is is can he do it? Um, You know, once again, we're going to talk about this guy later, but there's, you know, Spencer Torkelson was a guy that was a can't miss that – that struggled in the big leagues mightily early that that yep. those reports got around quickly. So um, I don't know. He's a guy like the opposite of Brendan Donovan. I don't think his floor is that high because yeah. he's not going to play a solid defense. He's not going to run. Um, he's got a hit or he's not going to play. So yeah. I'm going to go. No, unfortunately. Damn. No, that's fair. Um, Hayden Wisniewski was given the five spot in the Cubs rotation. Wisniewski is sinker slider at will. Um what do you think of Wisniewski's true rookie season? Everybody loves it. Everybody's buying it. I don't think the sample size was big enough for me to to truly buy it. Honestly, he doesn't have sample size either. But I'm probably taking a sod over him. Um, I think this. I think a sod stuff is better. Um, but you know that was a if nothing else, that was a great trade for Chicago. Yes. Um, but you know, I, I think they stole him. Um. I'm going to go no. I'm going to say he ends up in the bullpen this year. Wow. Okay. I don't think he's in the whole season. Interesting. All right. Um, jump into three pirates right now. And I mean, like, hard to put bias aside here because my answer is yes on all three. O'Neill Cruz, does he become a true superstar in baseball? Yeah. O'Neill is is the most athletic guy I've ever seen. I, I think O'Neill hits 50 before he retires. Holy. I really do. I think he has a season where he hits 50. He's got as much power as as anybody that has played this game since Barry Bonds. I mean, he really does. Um, it, it's it's so special for for people that want to go watch a game, and you have an opportunity to go see some of these guys. 
O'Neal is a guy that you should go watch because you'll never see anything else like it for a while. Other unless you go watch Ellie De La Cruz, I guess. Uh but you know, I'm I'm buying O'Neal for sure. I, I'm all in on O'Neal. Yeah. I think the game's slower than him, man. Like I think, you know, a big knock on O'Neal Cruz, one big knock is his defense, is what it is. I think the other knock is that it kind of seems like he's nonchalant a lot. It seems like he's either showboaty, nonchalant. And my answer to those people is that he's not. I truly believe the game is slower to him. I truly believe that everything just moves a little bit slower. Uh, and, and he is that talented. He's in, like everybody I've been around that has been around O'Neill Cruz for more than a week is like, this dude is the real deal. And I'm not saying that the haters came out last year, but you know, there were some doubters, I guess, that are like, yeah, he's he's tooled up, but, you know, he's, he's not going to be a superstar. Like, there are too many flaws here. He was swinging and missing at every breaking ball when he first got up, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And, like, he's figuring it out now. So there is still a bit of a glaring hole there, but it's not as large as it was when he first got there. Right. And honestly, I'm getting ready to freaking turn around and already retract one of my statements, but I said this last year. I'm going to say O'Neal has the highest floor of any player on this list because the defense isn't there, but he can really run. He walks a little bit, but he's going to run into homers. So like he's got worst case scenario. He's going to run into 25 on a full season and he's going to steal bases while doing it. So I, I, I just, the combination of power and speed is so special. Yeah. What do you think G1 Bay looks like in his rookie year this year? You know, I'm speaking bias. Jiwon was one of my favorite friends last year, so I I think Jiwon Bay is is gonna be a very very talented major leaguer for a long time. If he keeps his head on right and and he keeps moving forward, I think the bigger question is where does he play? Yeah. Um. Where I'll tell you, I think he's an interesting character. Where I've, I've had these conversations, and I kind of think he's more valuable moving around. Yeah. I think he's talented enough at second. He can play short if you need it. He can give O'Neill a day off. He can play center. Um, I think his value truly is Ben Zobrist. And I think he's a guy that the biggest knock on him probably is the power, right? Because he walks some. Uh, he can really run. We all know that. But I think that he's a guy that grew up hitting the ball the other way. He was a smaller uh, Asian kid. And I think that a lot of those guys typically hit the ball on the ground. They run. They hit line drives. They run. I think he's a guy that when he gets to the big leagues and gets settled, he's going to learn how to pull the ball. And yeah. I think when he learns how to pull the ball, I mean, he had eight home runs last year in, in Indy without trying. Yeah. So um, I, I look for him to have a, have a good year. Just, I would say, I don't want to say breakout just because I don't know how much he's going to get to play. Yeah. Fair. Um, and I'll let you take a sip of your water. Now I know you've been clamoring to take a sip of your water or whatever's going on there, but He is an excellent, excellent table setter, I think, for a lineup because he sees a bunch of pitches and he fouls a bunch of pitches off. Like he just screams uncomfortable at bat from, you know, my perch up top. Like I was like, these pitchers have to have a miserable time dealing with Jiwan Bay. So regardless of where he is, and I I think in a perfect world, you know, beginning of next year, maybe end of this year, you got, you know, Nick Gonzalez for the most part at second base. You've got, you know, whoever in center. You got O'Neill at short, and Bay is just spelling everybody, you know, game by game. He's playing five days a week, and he's bouncing around. So I'm totally with you. Rowansi Contreras, I I think he's due for a major step up, and he he starts to look like a two that he can be in Major League Baseball. 
What do you, what do you, what do you what does that look like to you? Like what do you think he does this year? To me, that looks like more of a zone pounder than he was last year. I think that he was missing a lot more than what he will last year when he got up. And I think that he was missing upstairs. I think that he was missing horizontally. Um, and, and I don't know if it was a timid thing when he got up, but you know, I, I think that's a guy that has electric stuff that can play really well in the zone. And I think he's going to find the zone a lot more. Yeah. I think he's got a chance to limit runs with, with the best of them for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the question mark there is, does he feel the pressure to do more? as a young starter in that rotation. I hope not. Yeah. Um, I'll buy Roanzi. I'll buy Roanzi. He's young, man. It, it, like you said, the the arm, the stuff, and, and he's around the zone enough that it's not just a stuff guy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a difference, right? Like, there's that guy that's, that's I, I don't want to say, like Hunter Green, for essence, right? Like, he's a stuff guy. He's throwing the ball. Yeah. Roanzi's pitching. Like, he really is. Um, yeah, I'll take Ranzi. I'll take Ranzi to break out. Another guy that's a pitcher is Nick Lodolo in Cincinnati. And I think that guy is a rocket ship and you have the opportunity to get into the ground floor. What about you? I mean, he had it. Like I just saw a TikTok the other day that said he had the same amount of war in the second half last year as like Sandy and somebody else like McClanahan, maybe like some monsters. Yeah. He had a really big second half. And if you ask, Many guys, yeah, go see what he had in the second half. Yeah. And then if you have if you ask guys that have faced him and faced other guys, they'll tell you that he's one of the most underrated arms in baseball. So I like Lodolo. He's the issue with Lodolo is he pitches in the worst one of the worst parks to pitch in. Um, so I don't know that I'm gonna buy a breakout, plus I don't know if he's gonna stay on the field the whole year. So I'm going to go no for those two reasons. Wow. Okay. Interesting to note. Yeah. I've heard the same. But I think, but I think when he's, but I, but I think when he's on the field, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be pretty good. But ah, see, now I say I don't know because he did have that monster second half. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. He's going to break out. We're loading right now. Lodolo. Lodolo had more war in the second half, the same amount of war in the second half as Lance Lynn, Alec Manoa, Sandy Alcantara, Logan Webb, Corbin Burns. He had more war than Dylan Cease in the second half of last year. Give me Lodolo for 500, Alec. Yeah, uh, 22 whiffs in his first start. That's an insane number. Yeah, give me Lodolo. What am I saying? I Ashcraft went seven to one run ball. What do you think of Graham Ashcraft, man? Did you ever see him in Louisville? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. It's good. It's power stuff. Um, it's good stuff. I don't know the secondary did it for me. I'm going to say yes on Lodolo. No on Ashcraft because I think Ashcraft still needs to learn how to pitch. I haven't seen Lodolo, but I've heard enough. And obviously I saw the, the numbers from last year. I'm taking Lodolo. No on Ashcraft. Okay. Uh, steer. What do you think of Spencer Steer? All in. All I in. am as far in on – yeah, I think Spencer Steer. Spencer Steer, uh, interestingly enough to me, Connor Norby is a really interesting comp to Spencer Steer for me. Similar builds, similar swings, similar loads, similar defensive prop, like presence. Um, and I really like Spencer Steer. And if you ask people, they really like Connor Norby. So – um, I think Spencer Steer's got a just enough power to do it, and he's going to play a good defense. I, I am, I am all in on Spencer Steer being a big leaguer for the next ten years. 
Cool. I, I love it, man. And I think Reds fans are going to love hearing that too, because that's a guy that can play pretty much anywhere. And it's not a question as to, you know, is Steer going to be our third baseman for the next six years? It's okay. Let's figure out where everybody else can go. And Steer can go in the other spot, which is really cool. G1 Bay. It is G1 Bay. It's let's see where the dominoes fall. And we know we've got this ace in the hole that we can plug in anywhere. And just like, it's almost like, um, what was the Billy Mays thing uh, when they cover the boat? Um, the at he like the cover up. You know what I'm talking about? You got a hole and you spray. Ah, damn. Flex oh, uh, Flex Seal. Flex Seal. Yes, Spencer Steer and yeah, G1 no. Bay are Flex Seal to a lineup. I'll tell you this. You know, like I think that the ceiling for the Cincinnati Reds, we'll say. What is this? 2026 infield is as high as any infield in baseball. Cool. Like the potential that you've got Spencer Steer playing third, Ellie De La Cruz at short, um, Matt McClain playing second. And move uh, India to first. I, I've told you before, huh? Move India to first. Move India to first. Yeah. It's a good infield, man. That's a really good infield. All right, jumping to the outfield, Corbin Carroll. I mean, obviously, a lot of people think he's yeah. he's the number one or number two prospect in the game. He can do everything. Like, are you buying the rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's special. I think it's as special as advertised. He's another uh, a Neil Cruz type to me. Like, he's a guy that like that's a can't that's a can't miss opportunity. If you have an opportunity to take your kid to see Corbin Carroll play baseball. You take your kid to go see Corbin Carroll play baseball right now. Um, we'll see what happens over the full year, but I think he's got a chance to be as exciting as anybody. That's really cool to hear. Um, you mentioned that we were going to talk about an elevated Kiebert Ruiz. Gabby Moreno. I, I'm a huge Gabriel Moreno fan, and it sounds like you are too. I'm a bigger Gabriel Moreno fan now. Unfortunately, that Carson Kelly got hurt. Um, yes. I think that now that he's going to play pretty much every day, I'm in on, on Moreno. I think guys that hit need that. Guys mm. that 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 their tool is a hit tool, you need to play every day. Um, you know, I think, you know, I played against Chuck Peterson coming up in the in the minor leagues, and he was extremely talented facing righties and lefties. He gets to the big leagues, obviously, stops facing lefties. He struggles against lefties. But he's a guy that struggled against righties there for a little bit too because he wasn't playing every day. So uh, I think that that's there's something to be said about guys that that can that the hit tool is the big one. They got to play every day. He's going to get that opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take him. But I, you know, unfortunately for him, I think that you've got we've talked about like you got Will Smith in that division. Like you're going to get overshadowed for as long as Will's there. You know that that's my take. Well, and what's cool about you bringing Jock up there is like Jock got an everyday opportunity in Atlanta the back half of that year. And he showed how important he was to a World Series winning team. And then when he hit free agency, he was pretty much hard and fast. Like, I'm an everyday player. I'm not signing a contract to be a platoon bat. He goes to San Francisco to be an everyday player. He's an all-star. He ups again. I mean, he's yeah, an all-star. It's, 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 you, know, you see it all the time. You see it all the time. Like, go look at Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella goes from Chicago where he's not playing every day to somewhere that he can play every day and he becomes an all-star. You're going to see that. And Tommy LaStella is a guy that the hit tool is there. The other thing I'll tell you, Moreno may have, you know, you're always going to hear that the power comes last. 
a guy that plays every day is going to run into more power. So because you know you can have more chances. I had that conversation with somebody last year about myself because I didn't hit any home runs last year. I think that might have been the only year. And I, I was telling somebody, you know, part of that issue was like I knew that I was getting that one day a week to play, right? Like I only had four chances that week to get a hit. To me, getting a hit was more valuable than hitting a home run just for my mentality. So, like, I didn't have as many chances to go, okay, like, I can take a chance here. If I, if I don't get a hit, so be it. Um, it was easier mentally to say that. can't believe it. I'm looking at your baseball reference right now. Yeah, only year. I was getting no pumps. What happened in the Dominican okay. Winter League between 16 and 17, man? Three games? You go, what, well, two for 10? 15. Yeah, 15 was bad, too. It was, like, one for 15. Oh, Both dude. times I got to hit my first at bat. How about that? Good for you. Congratulations. Uh, no, so so in 15, first of all, winter ball is awesome. I love winter ball. But the first year I went, I got I was playing first bit first, and also I never caught in winter ball until like my last couple games. What'd you do? But, uh, Did you like DH? Played first. I played first. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I uh but the first year I was playing first and I got stepped on. Somebody stepped on my heel. And I tried to play through it for a couple of days, and I, I just couldn't walk. Like it was, it was miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second year, yeah, I, I just sucked. I just wasn't very good down there, which stinks because I really wanted to go down there every year because I loved it. But. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, Miguel Vargas is, is an interesting study. I mean, this is a guy that like has hit really well at every single stop in the minor leagues, like 300, 400, 500 slash line. How important is he to the Dodgers? I don't think he's that important to the Dodgers. I I don't think he's that important to the Dodgers. I don't know that I'm buying it. And I think spring training is really important, especially for young kids. And he had to miss the first however long not being able to swing. I, I know we got to stand in. I get that. But like so what'd you make of that? I I loved that the Dodgers did that. Like I think it sucks for the other guys that were trying to make the team, but I thought it was cool that. If you're going to buy in on him, like, give him that opportunity. I think you could have done that in bullpens. I think you could have done that other ways. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I I I don't know is the answer. Uh, okay. But, no, I'm not buying Miguel Vargas. I, I feel like that's a backfields thing. I feel like, you know, you go see high A guys, double A guys, and, you know, like you go to – Or go, go, stand in on every, go stand in on every major league bullpen. You're yeah. throwing 10 a day. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I was, I don't mind it. Like I said, I think it's cool for him. Really cool for him. Right. Really uncool for everybody else in that lineup and that that was trying to make that team that's sitting there going through. This guy's getting at bats in the major league game that I that can't swing. Right. What does that say about how they feel about those other guys that were trying to make the team and his right. position? That would, I mean, I know like, hey, they're all grown men. They're all adults. You know, they they got to be professionals and handle this. But like, I would have been upset if that you know, was happening in front yeah. of me. So, yeah. all right, arm on the Dodgers. Dustin May, you know, obviously missed pretty much all last year with TJ, but Dustin May showcased some insane stuff in limited sample sizes before then. May makes his season debut. He goes seven shutout, and he looks like a freak of nature. Is he, like, all-star caliber? He is as uncomfortable in that bat as I may have ever had in the minor leagues. He is, he is, I, 
when like when the Dodgers were going through all these deals, I remember like trying to trade guys. I just remember telling people like if I'm the Dodgers, he is the untouchable to me. He is the guy that is that is a one. I'm not getting rid of him no matter what. The only thing that's going to hold him back is 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 is, is this is his mind. Um, I, we saw some stuff on the field that like in AAA that a guy that's going to be that talented and that good shouldn't be doing. Um, nothing, nothing crazy, but just some emotions that he shouldn't have had yeah. for a guy that that's as good and, and is going to be as polished. I mean, it's, yeah, the stuff is so good. I, yes. The short answer is yes. Like he is, he is it for me. He is Grayson Rodriguez of the, of the national league. Wow. Okay. Why was it so uncomfortable? Obviously like we see the pitch profile and like how the sinker sinks and run in and runs in on like righties in a righty righty matchup. Why was it so uncomfortable? Uh, underratedly big. He's a really tall guy, right? Big stride, kind of a, a three-quarter, low three-quarter arm slot. So he's basically dropping the ball on the catcher's mitt from behind you. Um, but because of that arm slot, the sinker going one way, the slider going the other way, they're just going off of each other. And they're both powerful. And because the stride's so big, you got to make a decision quick. Um yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, like, it was just not comfortable. It was not fun. Zero percent of me wanted another at bat against Justin May. Yeah, fair. All right, last one. I'm I'm realizing we're almost an hour into this thing, so I'm like, you know what? We haven't even gotten into the American League yet. So why don't we just do the American League on Friday? Because you know we've already ran through a bunch of guys. So last guy that I'm going to throw you is Ezekiel Tovar, the rookie shortstop for the Rockies, and Tovar is an excellent defender. Uh, limited power. I guess that's okay at Coors Field. Like, what, what's your beat on Tovar if you've seen him at all? Haven't seen him. I mean, the stuff that I've read is impressive. Uh, I've 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 really done not a ton of research on him. Yeah, and I just the Rockies, man. I don't know. Like, right. that's so it's so weird. It, I flip a coin. I know, I know. Like you're, you're obviously going to tune in for your, for your guy Pierce Johnson, but like, I don't first know. First career the, save. First career save. How about that? Well, he's is he closing games now that Bard is on the shelf? I, yeah, I think he's going to. I think he's going to close games for them. Which, you know, we talked about it. We talked about it. You when we when we said like you asked me to talk about him, I said the only thing I hope for him is that he gets to pitch meaningful innings and he's going to get that opportunity. I think so. That's. That's all you can ask for as a player, right? Is that opportunity? Whether you take advantage of it or not is up to you. But he's going to have the opportunity, so that's that's really cool. And he's on the most mysterious team in baseball, which is you know is yeah. something cool to say. Obviously, it's his hometown team, but like that team is everything about them. What are they going like, to do? What? How? Like how? How are they going to be that bad? I don't know. Like how good did Kyle Freeland look? Freeland looked great, and like Herman Marquez looked good on opening day. I mean, you've got MVP Chris Bryant in left field. Well, and then you've got 2023 MVP CJ Crone pumping three balls out in the first weekend. I mean, you've got Charlie Blackman playing at age 64, still hitting pumps. <laughs> like, dude. dude, they got a chance to not be that bad. But then again, you look at the roster and you're like, ah. Uh, that team is so weird. 
So weird. It really is. Man. All right. Yeah. This was good, man. TD, always love it. We will talk again on Friday, and we'll uh, we'll do the American League. Cool? Thick. All right. Every link you guys need is in the show notes. Again, we'll talk to you at the end of this week.